0: Section 6 of The Book of the Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 10. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Mr. Mike 79. Lowell, Michigan, United States of America. Mike'sVoiceForHire.com. The Book of the Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 10, by Anonymous. Translated by Richard Francis Burton. Night 995. When it was the 995th night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that Princess Dunya said to her sire, My husband received a letter from his dependents, ending with, The Arabs hindered us from the road thirty days, which is the cause of our being behind time. They also took from us of the luggage two hundred loads of cloth, and slew of us fifty mamelukes. When the news reached my husband, he cried, Allah disappoint them, What ailed them to wage war with the Arabs for the sake of two hundred loads of merchandise? What are two hundred loads? It behoved them not to tarry on that account, for verily the value of the two hundred loads is only some seven thousand dinars. But needs must I go to them and hasten them. As for that which the Arabs have taken, t'will not be missed from the baggage, nor doth it weigh with me a whit, for I reckon it as if I had given it to them by way of an alms. And then he went down from me, laughing and taking no concern for the wastage of his wealth, nor the slaughter of his slaves. As soon as he was gone, I looked out from the lattice and saw the ten mamelukes who had brought him the letter, as they were moons, each clad in a suit of clothes worth two thousand dinars. There is not with my father a chattel to match one of them. He went forth with them to bring up his baggage, and hallowed be Allah who hindered me from saying to him, Aught of that thou badest me. For he would have made mock of me and thee, and haply he would have eyed me with the eye of disparagement and hated me. But the fault is all with thy vizier, who speaketh against my husband words that besit him not. Replied the king, O my daughter, thy husband's wealth is indeed endless, and he recketh not of it. For from the day he entered our city he hath done naught but give alms to the poor. Inshallah, he will speedily return with the baggage, and good in plenty shall betide us from him. And he went on to appease her, and menace the vizier being duped by her device. So fared it with the king. But as regards merchant Marouf, he rode on into wastelands, perplexed, and knowing not to what quarter he should betake him, and for the anguish of parting he lamented, and in the pangs of passion and love longing he recited these couplets. Time, false our union, and divided who were one in tway, and the sore tyranny of time doth melt my heart away. Mine eyes ne'er cease to drop the tear for parting with my dear, When shall disunion come to end the dawn in union day? O favour like the full moon's face of sheen, Indeed I'm he, whom thou didst leave with vitals torn When faring on thy way. Would I had never seen thy sight, or met thee for an hour, Since after sweetest taste of thee to bitters I'm a prey. Maruf will never cease to be enthralled by Dunya's charms. And long live she, albeit he die, Whom love and longing slay. O oh, brilliance, like resplendent sun of noontide, deem them heal, His heart for kindness, and the fire of longing love allay. Would heaven I wot, and ere the days Shall deign conjoin our lots, Join us in pleasant talk of nights, In union glad and gay. Shall my love's palace hold two hearts That savour joy, and I, Strain to my breast the branch I saw Upon the sand-hill sway. O favor of full moon and sheen, never may the sun, O thee, surcease, to rise from eastern rim with all enlightening ray. I'm well content with passion pine in all its bane and bait, for luck and love is evermore the butt of jealous fate. And when he ended his verses, he wept with sore weeping, for indeed the ways were walled up before his face, and death seemed to him better than dreary life, and he walked on like a drunken man for stress of distraction and stayed not till noontide, when he came to a little town and saw a plower hard by, plowing with a yoke of bulls. Now hunger was sore upon him, and he went up to the plowman and said to him, Peace be with thee. And he returned his salam and said to him, Welcome, O oh, my lord, Art not thou one of the sultan's mamluks? quoth Maruf, Yes. And the other said, Alight with me for a guest meal. Whereupon Maruf knew him to be of the liberal, and said to him, O, oh, my brother, I see with thee naught with which thou mayest feed me. How was it then that thou invitest me? Answered the husbandman, O, oh, my lord, wheel is well nigh. Dismount thee here. The town is near hand, and I will go to fetch thee dinner and fodder for thy stallion. Rejoined Maruf, Since the town is near at hand, I can go thither as quickly as thou canst, and buy me what I have a mind to in the bazaar and eat. The peasant replied, O oh, my lord, the place is but a little village, and there is no bazaar there, neither selling nor buying. So I conjure thee by Allah, alight here with me, and hearten my heart, and I will run thither and return to thee in haste. Accordingly, he dismounted, and the fellow left him and went off to the village to fetch dinner for him, whilst Maruf sat awaiting him. Presently, he said to himself, "I have taken this poor man away from his work, but I will arise and plough in his steed till he come back." to make up for having hindered him from his work. And then he took the plough, and starting the bulls ploughed a little, till the share struck against something, and the beast stopped. He goaded them on, but they could not move the plough, so he looked at the share, and finding it caught in a ring of gold, cleared away the soil, and saw that it was set centremost a slab of alabaster, the size of another millstone. He strave at the stone till he pulled it from its place, when there appeared beneath it a souterrain with a stair. Presently He descended the flight of steps and came to a place like a hammam with four daisies, the first full of gold from floor to roof, the second full of emeralds and pearls and coral also from ground to ceiling, the third of jacinths and rubies and turquoises and the fourth of diamonds and all manner of other preciousest stones. At the upper end of the place stood a coffer of clearest crystal, full of union gems each the size of a walnut and upon the coffer lay a casket of gold, the bigness of a lemon. When he saw this, he marveled, and rejoiced with joy, exceeding, and said to himself, I wonder, what is in this casket? So he opened it, and found therein a seal ring of gold, whereon were graven names and talismans, as they were the tracks of creeping ants. He rubbed the ring, and behold, a voice said, Adsoom, here am I at thy service. O my lord, ask, and it shall be given unto thee. Wilt thou raise a city, or ruin a capital, or kill a king, or dig a river channel, or aught of the kind? Whatso thou seekest, it shall come to pass, by leave of the king of all might, creator of day and night. Maruf asked, O creature of my lord, who and what art thou? And the other answered, I am the slave of this seal-ring, standing in the service of him who possesseth it. Whatsoever he seeketh, that I accomplish for him, and I have no excuse in neglecting that he biddeth me do, because I am Sultan over two and seventy tribes of the jinn, and each two and seventy thousand in number, every one of which thousand ruleth over a thousand merids, each merid over a thousand ifrits, each ifrit over a thousand satans, and each satan over a thousand jinn, and they are all under command of me, and may not gainsay me. As for me, I am spelled to this seal-ring, and may not thwart whose soul holdeth it. Lo, thou hast gotten a hold of it, and I am become thy slave. So ask what thou wilt, for I hearken to thy word, and obey thy bidding. And if thou have need of me at any time, by land or by sea, rub the signet-ring, and thou wilt find me with thee. But beware of rubbing it twice in succession, or thou wilt consume me with the fire of the names graven thereon. And thus wouldest thou lose me, and after regret me. Now I have acquainted thee with my case, and the peace. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased to say her permitted say. End of section six. This was recorded by Mr. Mike79, Lowell, Michigan, United States of America. Mike's Voice for Hire.